Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. Hey, Adam, welcome to the Remote CEO Show. How are you doing today? Great to be here. Love your show. Thanks very much for inviting me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Adam, I wanted to ask you a question I ask every single one of my guests, and it's about your entrepreneurial journey. Can you tell us how it started? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to share. Um, well, um, for those of you that don't know me, I've, I've been an entrepreneur for the best part of 30 years. Um, so long time, even though it, you probably would have thought, wow, he, he looks so young. But actually, my entrepreneurial journey started at the age of 11. So um, my background, actually, well, my family background is that we didn't come from a place of like wealth. You know, we, we grew up uh, being supported by the state. Uh, my mom was a single mom at the time. And and so, you know, uh, money was scarce, should we say, you know? Yep. Um, and one of the things that I did when I was younger is I came up with this. Well, I wouldn't say I came up with it, but it was kind of laid upon me where effectively I started, um, I started collecting golf balls. And you're probably thinking, how, how did that work exactly? Well, yeah. it was just one, it was just one time, really. I was just kind of walking just in nature, you know, just kind of what most te young teenagers were uh, kind, yeah. of, kind of bumming around. And um, I started seeing all these balls and I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. And then, you know, kind of walked up. I, I didn't know the area at the time, uh, but it, I, but then it was kind of came two and two together. It was like attached to a golf club yeah um big big golf club and stuff and so next day i went back and started collecting all these golf balls in a bucket and um you know i jumped in the uh, foraged in the bushes jumped in the water in the streams uh didn't have money for things like uh you know like boots i literally just took my shoes and socks on socks off go knee high in water or, or hip height in some cases and just go foraging for, for lost golf balls um mm -hmm. And then, and then I'd be like walking around the fairway um, in hope of not being hit by a golf ball, of course. Yes. Um, and, uh, and, and, and as people, as golfers had started, I mean, the average age of these golfers were probably a, at least like 65 plus, um, you know, enjoying a sort of a leisurely uh, sort of hit around the ball, uh, ground golf course and stuff. And they were kind of like, I remember this, this really, rem I really remember this in, the, in, in my head. As I remember one time I was walking around the end of the fairway and like, there was these two guys that came running over and they're like, what are you doing? You know, walking along the edge of the fairway, I could have hit you with my golf ball. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm oh, really sorry about that. And, and they're like, what are you doing here type thing? And they, they saw me with my bucket of golf balls and they're like, so um, where do you get these golf balls? I'm like, well, I, I discover and I find lost golf balls. So like, Oh, that's interesting. And then, 
these two guys, they were like, they had maybe like four or five holes left of their round and stuff, but they had like one ball left and they were kind of panicking, not being able to finish their game. You know how it is with golf. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so I got into this uh, conversation of sales and negotiation. And uh, this is where I learned of, uh, you know, that they, they asked me, you know, was I prepared to sell my golf balls? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, make me an offer. And so I knew very quickly that the branded ones, like the Dunlops and the Slazengers and the Nikes, you know, those were the really expensive golf balls. And they would go for like, I don't know, we're talking like, I don't know, 15 euros, 20 euros a pop. Um, and so this is where we got into sales negotiation. So they'd offer me like a really low price. And I'd be like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. How about <laughs> we kind of, and then we'd kind of like, you know, we, we'd both walk away with smiles on our faces. They got their, their golf balls for a discounted price, which were in excellent condition. And then I would make some, make some good money. And I remember the first time that happened to me, I'd walk home with these pockets uh, of pound coins in my pocket. And I sit and, and uh, my mum's, when she said to me, she's like, where have you been? And all of that kind of stuff. She's like, well, I've been, I've been selling golf balls. And then she thought <laughs> that I'd done something really bad initially, but obviously I, I hadn't, I told her the story and she was like, so proud of me. And then just that day forward, I'd kind of like made a contribution towards groceries and stuff and, and save the rest. So that's kind of where it started for me, you know, uh, in entrepreneurship. And you learn yes. so much as being a kid, do you know what I mean? Denario? It's, it's like, you know, the, the, you know, and there was just situations where, I had the balls to say no. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they if they just wouldn't budge on their price or whatever, I'd be like, no worries. See you later. Take care. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and some and sometimes it's really hard to bite the bullet. You know, like we, if you're working with a client or or whatever it might be, it's like, huh, interesting. And it's very hard to sometimes come away from that because you know it's all about self-worth, right? And if you know that you're worth or you know that your product or service has an element of value and they need something and you, you know, and there's a two and two part together, then, you know, uh, it's good to say no when it's needed type of thing. So I learned some really good lessons when I was young, um, even though I wasn't mentored or coached back then, uh, that's where it all kind of started for me. That's very, very interesting. I find a lot of entrepreneurs really have these very interesting stories. Um, so some people then end up working for someone else, but then because they thought that, oh, I was just a kid. That was just the thing that I did when I was a kid. But if you actually start looking at the patterns and connecting the dots, you can definitely be able to, to get the, you know, like at least a vision going. Listen, you are a growth consultant and you help business owners. And in the past couple of years, we've had a lot of businesses come up out of nowhere and a lot of other businesses that were there before were able to adapt to the change. And unfortunately, they closed down. And so I want you to look back in the past couple of years and tell us if you see any trends, things that you wouldn't want necessarily one of your clients or, or a mentee, uh, you wouldn't want them to do right now in 2022. What would those mistakes be? Hello? Uh, you have to be aware of your, your market and you have to be aware of your environment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the first thing is that if you don't have this awareness, then that's going to be a real problem because if you don't know what your awareness is, you don't know where the strengths are. You don't know where the weaknesses, uh, what your weaknesses are. Um, you don't know where the opportunities lie. So I think what's really important is making sure that you've got that awareness, you know, and, and controlling that inner 
and we were t- I was talking about this actually yesterday, Denario, uh, with a with our uh, a circle group about you know, controlling the subconscious mind talking to you, trying to talk you out of it because it wants to take you to a place of safety because that's its role. Um, but I think in in kind of an answer to your question, I think some of the things that I wouldn't do is to is to be reactive rather than kind of proactive. And what I mean by that is I'm a, I'm a big believer in being a, a pessimistic optimist. What do I mean by that? Right. So what I mean by that is I'm, I'm, op- I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic about the future. Right. But in the same way, I'm pessimistic. And the reason I'm pessimistic is because if something was to happen in my business, in my life or whatever it might be, right. I have to prepare. I have to prepare and I have to make sure that I put things in place so that if those things do come about, guess what? I'm not going to be shocked or I'm not, it's not going to, you know, the shit's not going to hit the fan type of thing. I'm already got the preparations in place and I've already got kind of a, uh, a plan where I can just implement straight away. So in a way, you know, I'm preparing for the worst, but I'm also preparing for, 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 for the growth as well. So there is this kind of balance between the two. Um, so I think from my perspective, that's really important. Um, but I think the other thing as well is, you know, I'm a big believer in working in more of a hybrid style now. And I think we're going to, yeah. as over the last couple of years in particular, you know, we're seeing a big change in the business environment from big multinational corporates right through to your small business. Um yes. And what and what we're seeing right now is like, you know, we, we're seeing office blocks that have been empty for many months that yes. are now, you know, getting planning permission to turn them into residential because there's always going to be a demand for residential. Um, you know, the businesses don't have the um, the luxury to have empty offices where they don't where they can effectively, you know, get their employees to work from home and still have an element of control and still get results. Absolutely. You know, they can reduce you know what I mean? So they can reduce their cost significantly. Um, so I think that's that's really important. But but also uh, the other thing is is to not move too fast in the market because I, you know, even though speed is, and I always talk about speed is is a key ingredient in business. Again, with exercise with caution is what I yes. would say. Exercise with caution. You know, weigh up the weigh up the pros and cons. Right. And I always kind of uh, look at it, you know, when I'm thinking about decisions is what is the worst case? What is the best case? And what's the most likely outcome when it comes to decision making? Yeah. So that's a good way of really kind of analogizing that. But um, uh, sorry, it's a bit of a long winded answer. Um, Did I answer your question? No, absolutely. Absolutely. But that's very good because now it's taking me to the next uh, part of the conversation, which is remote work. And that's why people tune in and I want to be able to to help them figure out how they can they can build an amazing remote team. So from my understanding, you like the idea of this uh, of this hybrid model. And how have you been able to, to thrive, though, in this hybrid model? Like I said, I used to be in an office myself, um, and, and I hated those long commutes. But at the same time, there was accountability and, and, and there was a lot more structure, so to speak, around what my job was supposed to be. And so now in this new era, how do we make sure that we still have that control over our businesses while still being able to run an operation remotely? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. And I think um, there's a couple of um, there's a couple of answers. And again, 
some is going to apply to all industries and some is going to be very what I call niche mm -hmm. um, specific to industry. So I think the first thing is, is you've got to, sh uh, we've got to step up as, in terms of leadership, right? So there's got to be a, a, a different um, angle of leadership. What do, what do leaders in the 20s, 20, 2022 need, right? And beyond, right? Well, yes. they need, they need compassion. They need to show their staff compassion, right? They need to understand where, where their staff are coming from. Okay. So that's the first thing. Secondly, they need to continue to use empathy and it's interesting how leaders and it, you know in, whether it be in banking whether it be in financial services or whatever it is how many leaders still fail to use these skills and empath empathetic skills to create that element of safety and security for people you know that's really really super important and also you know engagement and productivity and conversation we're in the arena now we're in the um, digital arena now of connection and i talk about the importance of connection you know on a on a, a micro and a macro level you know so when i mean connection i not just mean connection with your clients and your customers right your mm -hmm. buyers but also within your teams internally right you need to have that connection because if you don't have that connection then 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 there's going to be there's going to be uh there's going to be problems in terms of like you know, from a, res from results perspective, but also yes. from a, from a visionary perspective, you know, people are not going to know who to turn to if they trust that individual or the person that steers the ship and in which direction they're going. Right. Yes. So, so there's a, there's a, there's a fine balance between empowerment, right. And just mm -hmm. using what I call common sense. Well, not maybe not common sense, but I suppose kind of like, um, using their own kind of intuition if you like that they can just get on and have the empowerment and like say hey denario you know i'd really like for you. this is this is our vision this is our goal now without giving you too much training direction because you're really well qualified i you know you feel empowered to then go off and do what you need to do so i think that's extremely important is is, is using that kind of empowerment and inspirational kind of uh, message to your employees, which is like super important. So, so from a, from a, from a kind of an industry scope perspective, that is, that is an absolute must in our business, actually, um, believe it or not, cause we've been in this, well, I'm going to call this mess for the last couple of years, at least. Um, <laughs> and one of the things that we've done in, in our business is, is we've, um, because for me, I'm, I'm a bit of a visionary denario. I, I like to, um, I can anticipate and see things uh, before they actually happen. Um, and so when kind of COVID uh, started to happen, you know, I, I already knew how people were feeling just through having interviews and, and, and speaking to people, whether it be online, whether it be on Zoom, on the phone, whatever it might be, there was this kind of sense of uncertainty, as you, as you will re remember, two years ago. And so what do people need? You have to understand what, what, what is your market's need? Well, my clients, my entrepreneurial community, they needed safety and security. Yes. But they were fearful. They were fearful. They needed to. They needed someone by their side that could help them to, you know, steady the ship as such. So we effectively created a. Um, we we actually went into a completely different arena, and this is interesting. I have zero experience in running virtual events. So I'm an international speaker. I speak around the world. Lots of companies pay me lots of money to go around the world to inspire people. And so 
one of the things that we did in our in our firm is we created a virtual summit or a digital summit and uh it was a first like zero experience scenario came up with a vision right vision was to help a hundred thousand entrepreneurs from around the world to go from a place of fear and uncertainty to a place of safety and security that was the big that was the big message right and so all of the influencers and people in my network that 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 know me pretty well, it, you know, and I'm very uh, values driven person. Mm-hmm. They love what I was about. People like Jack Canfield, people like Sharon Lecter, people like Dr. John D. Martini, just to mention a few. I was around together and I said, guys, this is the vision. This is the message. Do you want to collaborate and let's go and inspire and empower people? And they're like, yes, yes. bam bang on message so we literally went from idea to launch in seven weeks flat wow. um all pre-recorded right so i did i think it was over a space of about 10 days i did 32 hours of uh, recording. recordings it's wow. just insane and 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 literally 2100 people had registered for the event um and the results were off the charts. Like there were testimonials and, you know, there were so many people thankful for that. And, um, you know, it, it was extremely hard work. Oh, and by the way, Denari, I've got to mention this here. My, my, my daughter. Can you hear me? So that was crazy. You know, so, sorry, yeah, we sorry. lost you one second. Uh, we lost you one second. What'd you say? Like you said, you know what we got? I said, I said, uh, I said, uh, basically, my daughter was born in between in all the middle of all this chaos as well. So whatever you do, if you are planning on a huge event, don't plan on having a baby in the middle. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It makes total sense. That's actually (laughs) very interesting because a lot of our uh, a lot of our listeners are parents as well. And they know the struggle of having to to make all this stuff happen at the same time. So, yeah, 100 100 percent. So um, I wanted to talk about your book and because, you know, it really says play the game, how to win in today's changing environment. Um, Can you can you tell us more about why you wrote the book and what are the principles behind it? Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was my third published book. Um, Play the game. Essentially, what I did last year over the last couple of years, I mean, as I mentioned in this conversation, relational capital is super important, right? I basically, through some of my clients and through people that I know in my network, I found some patterns and I found some entrepreneurs and business owners that, and, and it's probably a good question to ask, how is it that some companies, some individuals and entrepreneurs have managed to thrive, whereas most have barely just survived? Great question, right? Mm-hmm. So effectively, I found those people from, uh, for example, um, one of our clients who, uh, who owns a skincare, skincare clinic, right? Yeah. They do like non, non-invasive treatments, okay? And so he had four locations in the UK. And over the last 80, well, over the last 12 months, sorry, over the last 12 months, yeah. he's, and, and this is all retail, by the way, this is bricks and mortar stores, right? Okay, bricks and mortar yeah. stores, and they carry huge overheads, okay? Over 12 months, he went from four locations to 39 locations around the world in just 12 months. Wow. wow. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty, that's just one example. Yes. Um, so uh, another example is, uh, one of our clients who's a lawyer, a family lawyer, 
uh, and also does motorsport. How is it that she's able to create a six month waiting list in a downturn market? Right. And still being able to uh, effectively grow her business by at least 300 percent. Wow. So this is just types of, these are the types of clients that we showcased in the book. They share their story, they share their strategies, they share how they do it. But what more importantly, I didn't want to, I didn't want a book about stories, Denario. Yeah. I wanted a story about how did they actually do it? Like the strategies, like the deep dive. Yeah. So they shared the deep dive and now how effectively people like you, me, and any other entrepreneur business owner listening to this, uh, listening to us right now, how they can effectively implement it into their own business. Very interesting. So like you basically give up uh, like a lot of the coaching, like in the book, from what I understand. Pretty much. Exactly. It's like, you know, it doesn't matter what industry or niche you're in. You can learn many different things uh, from that book. Like I covered a, a really interesting topic. And the topic was um, asking for help is a sign of strength and not weakness um, about tribes. And I talk about uh, elevated leadership. You know, I talk a, lo- a little bit about that. And there's different stuff in there from franchising through to accountability, um, you know, some really hard hitting topics that that we all need to learn about in the new di- digital arena. 100%. Adam, this sounds also like a great opportunity for me to ask you what's coming up down the pipe. Is there anything in t- interesting that you want to talk about, about your business, sure, I mean, your coaching? Yeah, yeah it, it's a great question. Thanks very much for asking. Uh, we've got our, we've got another summit coming up, which is our third virtual summit. Um, we've got, again, some of the biggest influencers and thought leaders from around the world. Uh, Jan- happening January 21st to 23rd is a free event, by the way. So I've got nothing, nothing to nice. sell other than that. You can sign up if you wish to. Um, I'm sure that you'll be happy to leave the link below. Yeah. Um, Awesome. And then uh, we've, we're actually going to be launching uh, um, a um, live inner circle VIP mastermind group. And that will be starting in London just after April. So I'm really looking forward to taking sort of a small group of six figure business owners and taking them towards the seven figure mark. And hopefully, fingers crossed, if, if COVID doesn't, um, uh, if, if COVID uh, can disappear a little bit more, we're hoping to launch some of our, some of the uh, biggest fitness and business retreats uh, in the Mediterranean, uh, not too far from where you are, right? Yeah. Nice. Chris. So, um, so that's going to be uh, super exciting. So we'll be bringing in some amazing speakers and thought leaders, and we're just going to have fun. We're going to be collaborating. And more importantly, we're all going to make money as well. Awesome. Awesome. Super exciting, Adam. So I'm sure that my listeners will want to know more about you and your summits and your books. So where can people find you online? Yeah, absolutely. Um, probably the best place is LinkedIn. Uh, that's kind of where I hang out. Best thing to do is to drop, just drop me a personal message on LinkedIn. Uh, I get so many requests scenario. So LinkedIn uh, or alternatively, if, uh, if, if that's no good, or if there's something that's resonated with you, then you're welcome to drop me an email. It's hello at adamstrong.net. Hello at adamstrong.net. Awesome, Adam. Again, thanks a lot for being on the show. I'm very excited to have you back in the future. And for now, enjoy the rest of the day. Likewise, take care. Have a great day. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at B. 
D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B, and I will send you the direct link to the review section and to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again, and I will talk to you again soon.